Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that, the final hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Monday edition of the show. Hop in the chat on YouTube. Search out Outkick. Hit subscribe. And Chad's in there firing away, typing away feverishly. Going to get uh, a conversation going with Jim Comperoni uh, momentarily. The latest on Michigan State. He covers the Spartans for SpartansMag.com. And uh, Mel Tucker and the sexual assault allegations against Brenda Tracy. Uh, from Brenda Tracy to a Title IX investigation. A complaint that was filed back in December that concluded in July, and now Michigan State has it on their plate. Suspended until this hearing that takes place October 5th and 6th. Um, But we've seen reports. Well, now Mel Tucker, by the way, his attorneys have come back and said all this is a sham, this hearing, that it was a consensual act with two people on different sides of the country when they spoke and saying it's a sham and there's ulterior motives to get him fired at Michigan State. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get Jim's take on this momentarily. We also, uh, a bit later, coming up in about 20 minutes, uh, Adam Munster-Tiger uh, with BuffStampede.com, where all eyes are, are on Boulder, Chad, in Colorado. They get it done again, uh, putting up 36 on Nebraska and continuing to have their hold on the college football world. It's them in Texas coming off of the weekend. Miami ba- has a backseat despite what the way they handled Texas A&M. And now we wait for some of the conference matchups to really get going this weekend. So we're not going to talk a lot about the game specifically, I know, with Adam coming up. It's going to be a lot about the program, Deion Sanders, things happening around it, everything moving forward. I do want to bring this up about the game specifically. I thought Nebraska's defense played pretty well mm-hmm. for about two and a half quarters uh, and really held Colorado down for the most part. I think Nebraska, once again, is hamstrung by just poor quarterback play. I thought Jeff Sims was terrible in that game, and they got a real problem. Now he hurt his ankle, and they don't have many. They've got Chuba Purdy, or Chuba Purdy, who's Brock Purdy's little brother, okay. backing up. But they didn't go to him. They went to a different guy who's more of a runner. That program has been hamstrung by mediocre to below quarterback play for far too long now at Nebraska. Well, you would think that doesn't happen for much longer with Matt Rule, but he did bring in Sims. You know, like... That's the that's the struggling part, and you brought in a quarterback from Georgia Tech. That's the other thing. Yeah, like how that's that's tough when you don't have many other options based on what they're going with right now. Um, Forty-one seconds ago, Hutton, this from Adam Schefter. I'm seeing it right now. Too. Chris Jones reached an agreement with the Chiefs per the Cats Brothers Sports. Uh, I want to credit them. Is that their agency. Yeah, that's the agency. Full service NFL agency. So, Chris Jones. It's a one-year contract, too. And that's from Rappaport. A one-year contract um, with Chris Jones. So, he's back in the mix. I just rarely hit, uh, like, the see what the replies are to Schefter tweets. But the first two replies was, who cares? Nobody cares. What? 
<laughs> of course people care about that one. I don't understand if it was some other bit of news. That's a pretty big, pretty big story. Chris Jones now back with the Chiefs. Chiefs at 0-1 headed to Jacksonville this week for week two. Uh, then they will host the Bears and then on the road against Rodgers and the Jets. Monday Night Football tonight, Jets and Bills. A Bills team that we mentioned backseat. They took a backseat in the coverage. They were the team last offseason. Super Bowl favorite to kick off. And we see we saw how it all ends, but they bring back practically everyone. Uh, they don't get Von Miller back for a while because he starts on uh, PUP, but they still have the high-powered offense and now paired with a defense that should be much better. Meanwhile, I can't wait to see Rodgers tonight. Oh, I know. What a huge moment. Home. What do you Jets, expect? Bills, I've been thinking opener. about this this morning. Uh, like, based on... Okay, don't be fooled about week one. Don't sleep on... The Bills are a road favorite. Yeah, two... I think... They're favored by two. Minus two. Yeah, it was two or two and a half last and I saw. that's generally what you get for, for being the home team. You get two points, but the Bills are still favored by two on the road. I'm... I'm trying not to overemphasize Rodgers' impact, but I also, I mean, I've watched, I watched this Jets defense a lot a year ago. They bring it, and it's hard to believe that the addition of Rodgers won't pay off immediately. They should hit the ground running. It shouldn't be like we've seen with the other offenses. But I, I think that my prediction is it's going to be a lot like what we've seen with other you offenses. You think so? It'll be slow? I think it's going to be. What like about a, with Buffalo, though? I think it's going to be like a 20 to 16 type game. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. That's my prediction for the game. I hope not. I hope we see some offensive fireworks, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers in his first game with the Jets. I think it'll be more of a low-scoring defensive battle. Jim Comperoni getting the signal. Yes, we've, we've got him. Jim Comperoni joins us, SpartanMag.com, uh, on the line with us. Jim, thank you for the time, man. Hope things are well. Things are good. I, I got to be honest, man. I cut myself shaving. You guys are guys. You know how it is. I'm, try, I'm coming in late. I apologize. <laughs> okay. A lot of stuff going on in East Lansing, you know. Hey, you're playing hurt. So that's all, all we can ask. You're playing hurt. So we appreciate it, Jim. Disclosure. Sorry, I'm late. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no doubt. Hey, crazy time um, at Michigan State around that football program. You've got Mel Tucker's attorney coming out and saying this uh, hearing is a sham. He took responsibility for what happened, said it was consensual, says there's ulterior motives uh, mm -hmm. with this on getting him fired and negating that, that enormous amount of money. What do you think is, is truly going on here with this situation at Michigan State? I do think that Michigan State is uh, not, you know, people at Michigan State are not bothered that they have a chance to get out of this contract, if I can be honest with you. It's a $100 million contract, $80 million left on that thing. Um, I'm not speaking for them. I'm just observing it from the outside. I suspect that might be the case. Mel Tucker just released a statement moments ago saying that all the allegations are false. So he's, I've not read the entire statement yet, but he's coming after it hard to keep his job and to, to defend uh, what he, uh, to, to defend his character. So a lot of things in play here and um, it, you know, and it's difficult to, to call, call balls and strikes as things happen seemingly every minute here in East Lansing right now. Jim, uh, did it just take this coming to the, the public for the suspension to happen? Would he would he be coaching this coming weekend if not? Yes, uh, you know the 
Michigan State, of course, was was informed last December that there was a complaint by an accuser. They sent it to the Title IX office, and at that point, Alan Heller, the athletic director, was not going to be privy of any information. He had to be hands-off to go along with the rigid Title IX uh, specifications. So they knew there was, a, there, was a, there was a complaint. It's my understanding that the president and one board member could become aware of the complaint, but maybe not Tucker's uh, the, the, the results of Tucker's investigation. So USA Today comes out with information midnight, Saturday night, Sunday morning. At that point, very revealing information from the investigation. At that point, Alan Haller and Michigan State administrators, just like all of us in the public, had new information. And at that point, they decided to suspend him based on the new information. Um, included in that information was Tucker's admission that he had had this uh, semi-relationship, whatever you want to call it, with uh, the, the lady, Brenda Tracy, who um, is a, a rape survivor advocate and so forth. That's why she was on campus. That's why... That's how they got to know each other and and so forth and all these things that have, that have taken place since then. At that point, when the USA Today article showed that Tucker admitted that this had happened, a phone sex situation, if you will, uh, Tucker claims that it was consensual. She says it was not. She feels violated. And that's what this comes down to. But when Michigan State got that information that he admitted that it had happened, maybe that was the thing that moved it forward in addition to some of the other uh, specifics of the case, then Michigan State went forward with a suspension with information that that many of them would not have had access to back in December or through the spring and heading into the season. What do you think, Jim, about the decision to bring Mark D'Antonio back to this program as an associate head coach, to bring him back in that role? What do you make of that? Interesting. Now, here's another thing. So, Alan Haller, as athletic director, he knew obviously in July that the investigation was complete and they were going and a schedule was hearing was a hearing was scheduled for the first week of October, Michigan State's bye week. So at that point, he didn't know either side, the strength of either side's case. But as athletic director, he had to realize there's a chance this hearing could be extremely ugly. It could go against head coach Mel Tucker to the point where they may need to terminate him during the bye week. With and, and there's a chance in July that none of us in the public would have known about this hearing. Okay, the USA Today report had not come out yet. So your athletic director, you have to plan ahead and have a contingency plan. What if my coach? What if we? What if the university above my head fires the head coach the first week of October? I have to have a contingency plan. He called. Mel, he called. He, he called Mark D'Antonio early Sunday morning. Are you on board? And he. According to Alan Heller in the press conference yesterday, Alan Heller told, or Mark D'Antonio told Alan Heller, yes, whatever you need. That was the conversation on Sunday. We asked, how long has this been, you know, when did you think about D'Antonio to come into this capacity? Alan Heller said, I don't, I can't say if it was today or yesterday or a few days ago. He didn't really answer it specifically, but seriously, if you're the athletic director and you had this thought that this could happen back in July, I suspect that Alan Heller may have reached out to D'Antonio a few weeks ago and said, if something happens, you don't need to know the rest of it, but if something happens, are you available? Because everything came down so quickly uh, on Sunday. The news came out at midnight, and by 3 o'clock the next day, Mark D'Antonio was on board to come in as associate head coach and assistant to Harlan Barnett, 
the new interim head coach, Harlan Barnett and Mark D'Antonio have coached together for years at Michigan State and even previously at the University of Cincinnati. I suspect it's a contingency thing. And if you're Alan Haller, that's probably a smart play to bring D'Antonio in and to try to get ahead of it going dating back to July. That's my read from right now. I've not asked Alan Heller about that specifically, but that's what it looks like to me. Jim Camperoni is with SpartanMag.com. Has there been anything amiss with the program? Have you been able to sense that something's been going on behind the scenes or has it been mostly business as usual with Mel Tucker and this football program throughout fall camp and leading into this season the first couple of weeks? Well, you know, I have to say that, you know, you know, a lot of people are wondering if Alan Heller was trying to protect Mel Tucker and, and trying to cover something up and, and, it, and it came out. So that's why this has been to them. You know, I wrote this at SpartanMag.com a couple of days ago. You know, the truth is, and it's not been out there a whole lot, but Alan Heller is not Mel Tucker's corner man on this and on a number of things. Truth is, those two have kind of had a strained relationship in the last 12 months. I won't go to specifics on all of that, but you've not, if you're a Michigan State fan and you're, you're around the East Lansing community and the sports community, those two have not been sidecar in a long, long time. So Alan Hallard, uh, you know, former police officer, you know, uh, in my estimation, a principled person, and he, um, and he's calling balls and strikes as he sees them. So in, in terms of other things going on around Michigan state, that would be one thing. Those two have not necessarily been in lockstep. They, you know, they've done their job separately, but not necessarily always, um, an effective tag team, not always pulling in the same direction. That's something Michigan State needed to get straightened out at some point. How sensitive is this situation at Michigan State, given the university's history with Larry Nasser and just the fact, obviously, two very different stories and things, but any type of sexual misconduct involved with someone in a position of power, how sensitive are the powers that be at Michigan State to any type of association with those two stories at that school? Very much so. This was with Tucker's situation. It's a sexual harassment situation over a phone. Um, Tucker claims it's consensual, but still it was a relationship initiated with a lady who was brought in to speak to the team about sexual assault. I mean, that just looks terrible. You know, um, initiating a relationship with someone who has a working contract with your university. That's uh, that's uh, a, a, a situation that's 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 grounds for serious job review and, and dismissal, especially Michigan state. Like you're saying with what happened with Larry Nasser, with what happened with Nasser, when Michigan state has brought in a new president and new leadership, those are the things that they talk about wanting to do to correct um, what happened in the past, make sure something like that does not happen again with Nassar. There were complaints and accusations and too many people turned a blind eye to it all the way up the chain. Now, you know, yesterday, the, the president of Michigan State says the new Michigan State, they want to be fair to the accuser and the accused, but also they sent it to Title IX, uh, the Title IX office, and um, took, obviously, took the accusations and the complaints extremely seriously from the outset. So, yes, at every university, it's going to be that way, and it needs to be that way at Michigan State, no question about it, for the reasons you mentioned. And, Jim, final minute here, but, I mean, even if – what the attorney and what Tucker say are, are accurate, that it was consensual. Uh, there are you know, reports that he initially told the Title IX investigator that this didn't happen on a work trip. There are receipts that I know other outlets have, have pointed to. Um, that would constitute the language in the contract about conduct with the university's reasonable judgment uh, would tend to bring public disrespect, contempt, or ridicule against the university. It, this sounds like very open-ended language to where either way, he's on his way out. 
very problematic. No question. Yeah. You know, when Michigan state suspended him without pay yesterday, I think that was a clear signal. They do not anticipate, nor do they want him to come back as head coach. And you're right. Conduct like the, 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 the wording that you mentioned, which, which is in the contract, uh, that would be the violation here. Um, in my estimation, not a lawyer, but that's what yeah. Mel Tucker is fighting at this point. So Mel Tucker wants to, um, fight and at this point get as much of his contract as he can he may very well win the title nine ruling it might go in his favor um but there but because of what you just mentioned is still conduct um violation of the contract and at that point it's 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 settlement time or or continued lawsuits jim camperoni has been our guest spartanmag.com thank you for the time uh you playing hurt as well uh, it happens Sorry. to all of us. No, no, no need to uh, We appreciate you there. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon as this story develops. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, Thank man. you. Same to you. Thanks, Jim. Jim Camperoni there, SpartanMag.com. Um, interesting tidbits there about A.D. Alan Haller and his strained relationship with Mel Tucker over the last year. Yeah. And that's not even acknowledging this story and this part of it. And he's Tucker's denying engaging in any misconduct, misconduct by any definition, but also apologized that to the investigator in March, uh, in writing, I'm not proud of my judgment. I'm having difficulty forgiving myself for getting in the situation, which goes back to the language of the contract. Coming up, Adam Munstentiger of BuffStampede.com. The holdout is over between the Chiefs and defensive tackle Chris Jones. A one-year deal. So cooler heads prevail there, even though missed the game against Detroit and certainly would have played a big factor in that. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. All of the college football discussion, uh, if you bring up the top headlines over the last three weeks, has been about Boulder, Colorado, and Colorado and the Buffs and Dion and that roster and what they did at TCU and then winning at home against Nebraska. Now on to Colorado State before Oregon and USC are next up on the schedule. Adam Munster-Tiger is with BuffStampede.com. Uh, Adam, I don't know. And thank you for the time. I don't know if you were like us. We raised our hand after they went to Fort Worth and won that game and said we were dead wrong. Uh, we, I don't know if we would have answered the question either about do you believe but we're about to find out, and whether or not anyone believes or not, the hype is centered around primetime, and for good reason. It was just so strange coming into this season because the expectations could have been more vast. I picked a 6-6 six and six record for this football team, and at this point I think I'd have to revise that and give them a couple more wins just because yeah. uh, they've won the first two games, and – They've got plenty they can get better at, which I think if you're a Colorado fan is the number one thing to be encouraged about right now. The first almost half of that game against Nebraska was pretty ugly from an offensive standpoint, and they had some issues in the opener. So uh, even some special teams problems at times early on this season. So this is a football team that uh, is one of just two nationally that have beaten two power five opponents. Uh, and they've been able to do that uh, going on the road and, and also at home with, you know, quite a, not as many Nebraska fans as, as we're used to with games at Folsom Field, but still, you know, a pretty heavy uh, red in the crowd there. But uh, again, going back to my preseason prediction, I said six and six, and I had some folks calling me a homer because <laughs> the national prognosticators, you know, set the over under for the season at 
three and a half wins. And so that looked like I was uh, being more pro Colorado than I should have to some of the people nationally. But then I also had a lot of people, you know, people that have supported Coach Prime and uh, saw what, what he did at Jackson State, really turning that around pretty quickly. And they were calling me uh, a hater. So uh, I got it on both ends. And it's just interesting. Now I think it, it kind of settles into the middle a little bit, right? Uh, Colorado's not going to go undefeated this year, but they have a chance to have a really special season. Now, there's some question marks in there. They don't have a whole lot of depth on the offense line. That could potentially be a problem, especially when you talk about protecting Shadur Sanders being the key for this football team going forward. So uh, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Colorado fan. I mean, just a year ago, when I did those road game press conferences, there was one other writer in those post-game press conferences because there just was no interest and now uh, for the third straight week, Fox Big Noon Kickoff is going to do their pregame show in Boulder and College Game Day is coming back for the first time since 1996. So it's almost surreal. It kind of feels like uh, went from I did go from covering the worst FBS program last year to now uh, kind of being involved in a movie here. I mean, there's documentary cameras around everywhere. It's it's crazy the amount of pro football Hall of Famers that, that are just roaming the hallways uh, at the champion center. So it's, it's again, it's really a surreal what's happening. Adam, there's so many different aspects to the story of surprise. What, what would you point to as the most surprising for you with their start so far? Well, I thought their defensive effort against Nebraska was pretty strong. Now Nebraska doesn't have a very strong offense. So we'll see uh, going forward if, Charles Kelly's defense can keep putting those efforts up. Uh, but that was a really well-coached defensive team out there on Saturday against Nebraska um, and a team that's just very hungry. I don't know if there's any specific one thing that, that surprises me. Maybe the fact that there are some guys that weren't the headliners, that weren't Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders, that have stepped up and made big plays. Tarvaris Dawson was not a guy we talked a whole lot about coming into the season, but he had two touchdowns against Nebraska. Again, the defensive effort against Nebraska was maybe a little bit better than I expected going into that game. So there's a few aspects. Dylan Edwards expected him to make some big plays this year, but four touchdowns in your first college game. I mean, I don't think anybody could quite expect it to be on that level. So uh, we had uh, pretty high expectations for the team locally more than the national pundits, but still it's just been a, a step a little bit more than even we could have anticipated. So I, I don't know if you've seen, but Matt Rule today met with the media and said, I've never disrespected anyone. I know exactly who I am. You know, you can say whatever you want, but none of that is true. Said the team prayed at midfield and they weren't disrespecting anything. And in fact, he invited Shador Sanders to pray at midfield. And this all gets me thinking, Adam, is it sustainable for Colorado to either create slights or rivalry with each team they play from week to week? use that motivation with the media and everyone else? Is this something that's sustainable with this program? We know how Deion Sanders is. He's clearly, that team has taken on his personality also. What do you think about this movement to create a rivalry and almost a blood feud in every single game they play? Well, there's a couple ways to, to look at that question. It is, is a good question. Uh, on one hand, I can see Coach Prime finding the one person out of a thousand that says something negative. And putting a highlight on that, because I do think he likes the fact that this team has taken on this us against the world mentality and 
again, he can keep pointing back to preseason stuff too. It's not like he's going to need new material. There was a lot of stuff out there talking about how this was going to fail and uh, how he re- how rebuilding the roster in the way in which he did was uh, not good for the sport. And so there's still a lot of stuff that he can go back to if he needs to. But uh, the the other part of the the way I would answer that is it might not matter. You know, this is a talented Colorado football team. Uh, they had the number one ranked transfer class coming in. And a lot of the guys that transferred in from a Jackson state were guys that went to the HBCU level because of coach prime, not because they can't play at the power five level. So more than anything, I would say, yeah, it's nice to have that extra carrot you can dangle out there about disrespect towards the program. Uh, but they, at the end of the day, against a lot of teams might not need it now against USC and Oregon uh, and some of the top tier teams you're going to play. Yeah. You're going to try to find that motivation uh, wherever you can find it. But th- this is all of a sudden a team that's going to be favored in more games than not going forward this season. What's it like covering that really star-studded staff that he's assembled in Boulder? Uh, Sean Lewis doing a great job as offensive coordinator. What's it been like having a front-row seat to see that staff work together and really speed up this rebuild process? It's been pretty impressive, and we've seen in these first two games that Colorado's gotten better as the game has gone along, and that's usually a sign of good coaching. You see receivers downfield blocking that's usually a sign of good coaching there's been uh early in the fourth quarter sean lewis which is known for his up-tempo system said no we gotta push on the brakes now and slow it down uh so there's been good there's been signs of good coaching uh and some of those things like slowing down the pace when you have a lead in the fourth quarter seem obvious but there's been coaches in boulder that i've covered that have not had that common sense. And so we've, we've seen good coaching shine through. I, I do think that Sean Lewis hire was one of the things that was not talked about enough with Coach Prime coming to Colorado because so much of the focus was on the roster turnover. Sean Lewis is a guy that had success at a really tough FBS job as a head coach at Kent State, uh, you know, a program that plays two or three Power Five opponents every non-conference season. And they put up as good a fight against Georgia last year as anybody did in the country. And so that was really a coup for Deion Sanders and Coach Prime to get him to Boulder and and was not something that people were focusing on enough. Adam Munster Tiger is with us. Buffstampede.com is his site. I'm curious behind the scenes, is is there a time where you see Deion Sanders and the cameras aren't rolling uh, at any point? Um, What's the access like? And what is the crew around him like behind the scenes? When he's around us, the cameras are around. Now, there are lots of times throughout the day in which they're not going to have the cameras rolling. If you kind of notice, there's certain things that they will show. They don't show, they will show the team meeting and Coach Prime's address to the team, but they'll kind of cut out some of the other speeches. Uh, We have still media availability, and so that's been great. We haven't had one-on-one access to players as much as we have in the past, and I think part of that was more just a year one deal where because of all this roster turnover, you wanted to make sure uh, the guys that were talking to the media were bought in in part of this uh, you know, program going forward because they they were having to cut so many guys out of the program. The last thing you want to do is have a bunch of uh, guys doing one-on-one interviews, which I understood. So it's kind of madness in terms of the number of people that are covering the program. That's the biggest difference. But we're stable, still able to get a lot of the same stuff. Like we'll have our Tuesday presser with Coach Prime tomorrow like we would a normal head coach. He didn't talk to the media quite as much during the preseason as a head coach normally would, and that's 
because it's kind of a media circus when he does these press conferences because it takes a lot uh, of manpower to to organize uh, how many people want to be in the building for his uh, press conferences. How is recruiting going right now for Deion Sanders and company? And what is the strategy with recruiting in regards to high school recruiting versus what he was able to accomplish this year in the transfer portal? You can't repeat that every year because you don't need that many guys. But how do you think he's going to attack this? They can't obviously, to your point, repeat what they did this past offseason from a total roster overhaul. But they still want the percentage of guys coming into the program to be higher transfers uh, than most power five programs. And so right now, if you look at the recruiting class for 2024, the guys that are seniors in high school right now, you look at the average of their commits in that class, it actually ranks first among big 12 programs. Uh, so the the quality is there, but they're not going to rank probably in the top 20 overall with high school recruiting because they're just not going to take that many high school recruits. They want to have still open scholarships to use in the transfer portal uh, after this coming season. It's not pushing players out, but it's filling some gaps that maybe you didn't uh, foresee, or maybe there's a couple guys, you know, there's a couple offensive linemen that have seen their stock blow up in the last few weeks. Maybe there's some spots of guys going off to the NFL that you want to fill those spots with transfers. So that's kind of their plan right now is more heavy on portal. But again, you're not, you can't possibly do that again uh, this upcoming off season. Another home game coming up in Boulder uh, this weekend, and then uh, off to Oregon before a home game against USC. What, what are tickets like behind the scenes, Adam? Give, give us a, a, what, what, is there a crazy story, a crazy price that you've heard about or saw? Well, the Nebraska game, I, saw tickets that generally are, you know, $50 tickets that were going for over $500. So it was pretty crazy. And that is amplified a little bit because it's Nebraska and Colorado just never was able to form a true rival in the PAC 12. So the fact they hadn't played Nebraska in a few years and they haven't had Colorado state on the schedule until again, this year, they'll play them obviously this Saturday, but there was uh all this excitement with Coach Prime and all this excitement because of the win over TCU. And it just kind of snowballed into these prices being astronomical. Uh, but uh, I think going forward, it'll come down a tick. But, hey, they keep winning games. If they're in that Pac-12 championship discussion, then maybe we'll see them creep back up in that, that yeah. 500 category. We know all of college sports you could probably classify as a year-to-year proposition at this point. But as you cover this ride there at Colorado with Deion Sanders – Adam, do you view this as something that is going to last, you know, four to seven years, or is it year to year with Deion Sanders and what he wants to do with that program versus what other opportunities may arise? Yeah, I think we'd all be guessing a little bit because we're not inside Deion Sanders' head. Uh, head, but I know some of the things that have been conveyed on to Colorado Brass were very much trying to. Uh, reaffirm to folks that I'm not here for two years and then I'm definitely out of here. That was definitely a message as they were in contract negotiations and they were having to, uh, you know, get some final details on that. And after his intro press conference, you know, they had to kind of really go in there and go, okay, are you going to be committed to us beyond a year or two? And uh, what he told them is he is now there's going to be rumors with every game Colorado wins because there's going to be a certain faction of people that go, well, why wouldn't he go somewhere else? Uh, Colorado does have a lot to offer him and, uh, you know, it's not like he needs the money and there's 
already kind of an infrastructure he's built here. I'm not naive. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he left, but I don't think it's going to necessarily be after this year or not even necessarily after next year. Uh, but we'll see. Seven years seems like a long time uh, for him to be the head coach in Colorado. But if you're a Colorado fan, I mean, you just got to ride this ride this wave and enjoy it because uh, just last year they were the worst FBS program in the country, and now they're the most talked about program. Yeah, by week three, where game day and big noon kickoff will be uh, in attendance for Colorado, Colorado State. Adam, enjoy the ride as well, man, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on as we continue to uh, – point to all of the different discussion points with this team and this coach. Adam Munster Tiger there, buffstampede.com uh, is the website. Uh, great visits there from him and from uh, Jim Comperoni. I, I am um, very, very curious to watch how this whole story at Colorado unfolds week to week throughout the season. It's going to be a show. Their first loss is going to be a show. Whatever they do to Colorado State this weekend, you got a, yeah. two shows there with College Game Day and Big Noon Kickoff. I can't wait to see all of it. It's going to be nonstop. Oregon beats Texas Tech by eight, 38-30. And not this weekend, but next, they host Colorado. I'm giving Colorado State the loss in this conversation. But returning back to Boulder, hosting USC the following week with a 4-0 record, man, no one saw that coming. Never a dull moment. Our picks for Monday Night Football, Jets and Bills. A preview next. How with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Fast-paced show today. Chad, where were you 22 years ago today? For, 22 for years September ago, 11th. I was um, a sophomore in college. And uh, woke up late for my 8 a.m. class, I think, a little bit, and walked downstairs in my fraternity house to a bunch of guys gathered around a big screen television uh, after the first tower was hit and then watched as the second one was hit. I was going. Uh, obviously a day that none of us. Everyone knows. That was alive for that. Uh, you, you'll ever forget. You've got. Uh, so I'm in second period of high school. I'm walking into second period. I was a junior. And the TV's on, and the ta the first tower had been hit, and you were going through the news coverage, and we watched we were watching live as the second plane hit the twin towers. Yeah, um, we we saw the same thing. And then we school was let out, went home, wall to wall television, and then we I don't think we went back to school until the following Monday. That was a Tuesday. Yeah, it's um, certainly a day that we'll always. Uh, I, I just saw Scott Van Pelt who's going to be hosting NFL Countdown for the first time, says that he wants to be reverent about 9-11 and New York City on this day yeah. as he prepares for his first show, and I think that's a smart approach. Scott Van Pelt's going to do a very, very good job in that, in that one because he's terrific at everything he does. But uh, it's important to certainly remember uh, this day and, and, so, and what it means. Uh, last night, Sunday Night Football, they had the moment of silence, which, by the way, I, I thought in real time, I think this is the longest moment of silence, and it's – how it should be. Um, far too often, the moment of silence is like four seconds, and then there's a thank you from the public address announcer. You know, uh, this went on for quite some time, and tonight, on September 11th, 2023, you've got the Jets playing at home uh, with Rodgers making his debut, and I mean the 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 stage is set there for uh, honoring the families and the victims, but also. Uh, what could be a, a, an incredible night 
uh, where two teams that are facing off against one another, they split the last year's matchup, one score games, both times, and now you add Rodgers to the mix. It's going to be a big night for sure. Hutton, can I get a, a kind of a preview of primary complaint off my chest? Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, a Twitter beef, an X beef, if you will. Sorry, I got to get it right. No, no longer Twitter. So X beef of the day. Yeah, I spoke earlier in our alphas and betas the week and talked about Shador Sanders just sort of making stuff up as he goes and uh, going off on Matt Rule and his disrespect towards his pops and uh, signs of disrespect at midfield, even though it was Matt Rule doing a prayer that he invited Shador mm. Sanders in on. And um, that got posted very quickly, by the way, by OutKick on social media during our show. Uh, it got posted in a reel and on Instagram. And someone responded to it and said, uh, this guy with this OutKick content Kent, content is definitely Nebraska people because he's so invested talking to a kid like this. No, 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 no. These are no longer kids. You cannot have it both ways in this new world of college sports. Let them know. I saw Shador Sanders in the first commercial during a break, during a game he was on. I'm sure he made money for that commercial. If you were going to argue, which I'm fine with, that these are fully formed adults over 18 years old, capable and able to make their own decisions about wherever they want to transfer every single year, and however much money they want to make with NIL every single year, I will treat them like an adult. And when you're in a press conference and you make bleep up and you spout it to everyone and everyone that's in the interview room just starts laughing and chuckling like it's true, then Matt Rule has every right to come back and defend himself, which he did today. Because it's not true what this quote-unquote kid is saying. He's not a kid. He's an adult. He's the quarterback for Colorado. So this mess is done now. Kids are going to get booed in college football. It's happened before. It's going to happen a lot more now. You know what the difference is? No one's going to make the fans feel bad about doing it because they're making money now. Because it is minor league football. They're pros to a certain extent. You take money in NIL, then you might get booed every now and again. And oh, all... How dare you make someone actually hold up to a standard of not making up things in a press conference? These things are going to happen. So to this Twitter user, Raw24, or X user, I'm sorry, deal with it. I'm treating these kids like what they are. Adults able to make money playing a sport. So I treat Shadur Sanders the same way I treat Aaron Rodgers or I treat Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow, or anyone else. They're making money, he's making money, and if you're going to go up in a press conference and lie about someone, well, I'm going to call it out. I, by the way, I probably would have done it before NIL was happening and been yeah. more free to do it, but give me this break on you don't, You can't. These guys deserve to make all the money they want. They should make more than the coach. They should have every right the coach has, and how dare you criticize them when they do something wrong. Well, doesn't other, work that way. And, and rules... Uh, Sidebar to this will not be covered nearly as much as that post game, and that's because you you've got the networks and the universities and everyone else involved. Make it, all eyeballs are on Colorado and the football team and the product, and the product is prime time. It's Shadur Sanders, it's Travis Hunter, it's the brand, and they want to keep the brand happy. Yeah, and look, I I think it, the media is going to continue there's, to milk there's this. There's not going to be a, a criticism. 
at all with that. No, there's not, and that that's that's a shame. Got to keep them happy. Um, I, we'll, we'll criticize it, but yeah, I mean, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon while they can and make as much money off this money printing machine that is Colorado football and Deion Sanders right now. No coincidence, on on Big New Kickoff, they're showing the cleats that Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter are going to be wearing. And look, I understand the business behind it and all that, but not going to stop me from criticizing when I see things that are very cringeworthy, quite frankly. I thought that whole scene was cringeworthy. I thought Deion Sanders uh, saying, my my son really cracked me up after he got that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I told him he shouldn't do that as a quarterback, but he said it's personal. I mean, uh, some of this stuff, it just needs to be called out. This is just the beginning of what the the, uh, soap opera is going to be. And look, you've got a lot of people rooting for Deion Sanders in the story, and you got a lot of people right now rooting for them to get humbled. It's going to happen. I'm now most curious to see how – they handle it when that starts to happen. Because that's coming. This team isn't going to win they, every game. Right. And it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. Sure. And if things come down to the wire and there's a bad call, it's going to be someone else's fault. Yeah, I you just... Know, it, it, w- it won't be on anything that went wrong during the game. And, um, I mean, that's for a lot of fan bases too, but specifically, that will be the narrative and then you spin it into the next week. Yeah. Where you have the... National show's coming to town again. I'm like anyone else. I'm everyone else in sports. I'm going to be watching. This is the, yeah. this is for, probably for one the biggest the story, you know, maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but maybe the biggest story in all of sports, not just college football, that's happening right now with Colorado. Yeah. So I'm going to watch. We're going to talk about it. I'm certainly interested, but that that goes for all of major college sports now. I, I you know I when I criticize someone, I've done a lot of thinking about it. But I'm not going to hold back, especially now. These kids are making a lot of money in certain instances. And Shador Sanders and, is and certainly one of more, them. more, quite frankly. Yeah, and they look, they, they will as it goes along. They will. So, I mean, look, if you've got the right as an adult to want to leave one program and go to another, I, I accept that. I'm fine with it. We in the media have a right to criticize them. We won't hear much criticism for the reasons stated. No, no. Keep, do I do I think the highly the, paid coaches deserve more criticism when things go south? Absolutely. Yeah. When they're making more than the the kids, the players, I do think a lot of times they deserve more of the criticism. But you can't not call out what is obvious. And when it's there's a reason to criticize one of these college players, we're gonna do it. Chad, uh, speaking of making money, we need to make some money this evening. Points bet is where you can do that. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Uh, exclusively for first-time PointsBet users. Grab the unique offer. Place an initial bet of $50 or more on any game. Uh, tonight's Monday Night Football game. Got uh, plus two with the Jets. You just take the Jets' money line as well. Receive an official jersey from Fanatics.com with the initial bet of $50 or more on any game. Jerseys aren't your thing. You can opt in for $150 credit. Load up on the gear that you truly want. Remember, terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. In legal gambling states, gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com slash bet. You can grab this offer there, outkick.com slash bet. You can check out all the other great deals and offers from our sportsbook partners. Uh, I am taking uh, Jets money line. You're going Rogers, Jets money line? Yeah. I mean, look, this is the best, coming off last year, the, the best pass defense in the NFL a year ago. Um, a lot of talk by the young players and for good reason with this Jets roster. Haven't heard much this offseason from Buffalo other than the beef between Allen and Diggs, which didn't last long, but it did happen. And 
I think Buffalo's defense can't hold up to what the Jets' defense can do. All the talk about the quarterbacks, I'm taking Rodgers at home in game number one. He's a different quarterback than what we saw at the end of last year. No, he definitely is. So, Hutton, what did I say to start the show, right? I'm not good at predictions. I'm better at reacting. That's been clear by all of my picks last week that none of them worked out. Uh, But even though I threw that out there, I'm still going to make a prediction. What I did was took all of my losings, all of the money that was gone. Well, there wasn't much money left. I, I subtracted all the losing from the weekend in my account. And what I had left was a tidy, small little amount. And I took that tidy, small amount, and I put it all on the Jets' money line. So I'm with Hutton on this bet. So we may both go down in flames together, but I think the Jets get it done at home. Here's another bet I just now placed because I wanted to see what the odds were. I think Garrett Wilson scores an anytime touchdown. He is plus 165. Game one with Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson. I like the plus money of Garrett Wilson reaching the end zone for one of the Jets' touchdowns tonight and getting that first hook up. And the uh, Bills, the Bills has struggled last year with perimeter wide receivers yep. more than the slot, and Wilson's primarily on the outside. So give me Jets money line, Garrett Wilson anytime touchdown, and Lazard too played on the outside in Green Bay with Rodgers. I can't wait to watch it. Um, just another factor. I, I'm curious to see Brees Hall compared to Dalvin Cook because Hall's coming off of the ACL, albeit what nearly a year ago, not quite, but close. And Dalvin Cook has a lot to prove after trying to back up the talk that he wasn't going to take a pay cut in Minnesota. He ends up having to do it, even in free agency, with the offers that were offered to him before he landed in New York. Michael Carter, too. Yeah, I'm always interested to see the odds for just anytime touchdowns on what Vegas thinks, that highest likelihood to score a touchdown. Dalvin Cook, for both teams, highest likelihood to score a touchdown. Second... Stephon Diggs. Diggs had a total of eight catches in plus the two games last year. Garrett Wilson's third at plus 165. Okay. Where is Dalton Kincaid? J- James Cook is plus 180. Uh, I had to hit C all to go down to Dalton Kincaid at plus 390. That's Chad's guy. Yeah, absolutely should you should. First round How pick. They traded up left? to get him. They're going to give him the football. I've got... Uh, $3 left in my account. <laughs> I just put $2.95 on it. Well done. Will win me over $10. So there we go. Chad's going right. to be a winner tonight. The comeback starts today. Everything I said about me not being able to predict games, all false. Tonight, the comeback starts. We're all back tonight, Hutton. Like Meanwhile, Texas hey, and Matthew McConaughey celebrating on the sideline. Tonight, we're all back. I'm taking the points. I'm uh, just taking the money line there with the home dog. I realize... Buffalo is a road favorite in this game against Rodgers for the Jets' debut. And I know that they played tight window games a year ago. Somehow Buffalo's favored. Okay. Maybe we're the fools. Well, let's just hope that whatever we all just said works out better than my entire weekend with, uh, with predictions. Chad, a uh, uh, Fast-paced show. We're back at it tomorrow. Uh, Looking forward to talking all things college football and NFL, but also Major League Baseball. Michael McHenry will be on the show tomorrow. John McClain and more. Uh, And we'll have to dive into the details of Pac-Man Jones getting arrested uh, at the Cincinnati airport this morning. Uh, Allegedly We we definitely have to get into that. One quick baseball note, Hutton, before we sign off. Ronald Acuna Jr. will DH in Game 2 of the doubleheader. Uh, first time this year he's done that. This is to give him a slight break 
in a doubleheader, but he has a goal of playing every bit of every game throughout this season. And he wow. wants to start every game, so he will start as DH in game two of this doubleheader. I love this mentality. That, he, that's the, the example of why the Braves are for real. We need to shut the door on this. Acuna is the MVP in the National League. Is Allen going to be an MVP? you got to beat the former MVP in Rogers tonight. Find Enjoy out soon it. enough.